Welcome to Dreamful Podcast, bedtime stories for slumber. I would like to start off this episode by thanking our newest Patreon supporters, Bill Nelson, Sarah Smith, Chuck Cromwell, Eli Eldaco, and Emily Elizabeth. Thank you all so much, and I hope you have the sweetest of dreams. If you would also like to contribute to the creation of Dreamful, please visit dreamfulstories.com where you can find info about the show and on the support page, there's a link to become a Patreon subscriber. You can get access to bonus content for as little as $1 a month. And Dreamful now provides an annual membership to Patreon at a discount of 15%. That's about two months free. So now, for only $10, you can have an entire year of bonus episodes and benefits. Dreamful has a new sponsor. If you are anything like me, you probably enjoy puzzles and mysteries, especially when they're combined. Wooga has released a new fictional narrative podcast inspired by their popular hidden object game, June's Journey. I got a sneak peek of the first few episodes, and I was so taken by the story and immersive sound design that I can't wait for the next episode. With Sarah Grayson, voice actress from the video games Gone Home and Tacoma, guiding the stories, I find myself getting lost in the tales from Prohibition, World War I, and the women's suffrage movement. Find out why things weren't so different a century ago, and how a woman from a time without the internet or cell phones can help navigate problems of the modern age. Listen to June's Journey, The Lost Diaries for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. There are so many things that can affect sleeping habits, and mental health is definitely one of them. That's why this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs with a quick and comprehensive survey and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 24 hours in a safe and private online environment with the convenience of skipping an uncomfortable waiting room. Send a message to your counselor anytime and receive timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, schedule weekly video or phone sessions. This service is available for clients worldwide, and you can find a licensed professional counselor that specializes in your specific needs, whether that be depression, sleeping, family conflicts, trauma, and much more. Best of all, it's more affordable than offline counseling, and financial aid is available. Start living a happier life today. As a listener of Dreamfall, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com dreamful. Again, that's betterhelp, help spelled H-E-L-P dot com slash dreamful. Each month in the year 2021, we will be exploring the history and mythos behind some of the most famous constellations. This is the fourth episode of the Constellation series, Aries the Ram. So, snuggle up in your blankets and have sweet dreams.
in the northern celestial hemisphere lies the constellation of Aries. Aries contains five stars with planets and two galaxies, one an irregular dwarf galaxy and the other an unbarred spiral galaxy. Many millennia ago, in 7th century BCE, Babylonians had observed the sun in Aries during the vernal equinox, placing this constellation as the first point of the zodiac. Greek astronomer Hipparchus later created the term first point in Aries to signify the first day of spring and the phrase has continued to be used to this day, despite changes in the Earth's axis having caused the vernal equinox to cross into Pisces in the year 68 BCE. The ancient Egyptians associated this constellation with Amun-Ra, a god with a ram's head, who represented fertility and creativity the mythological origin of Ares, as we know it today, stems from the Greek epic of Jason and the Argonauts. This story begins with a brother and a sister named Phrixus and Helie. They were children of a king and a cloud nymph named Nephili. The king had fallen in love with a wicked woman named Aino, and so heartbroken Nephili went away, leaving her two children behind. The children were despised by their stepmother, and she plotted to have them killed. Aino ruined the crops so they would not grow, and bribing an oracle convinced the people of her land that Phrixus must be sacrificed to the gods. However, before her plan was fulfilled, the children's mother sent a ram with wings and golden fleece to rescue them. Clinging to the glittering ram, Phrixus and Helie flew out of Greece but before they could make it to safety, Healy glanced down at the earth below and fell into a narrow body of water between the Aegean Sea and the Black Sea, now known as Hellespont. The ram encouraged Phrixus to continue holding on, and eventually they arrived in Colchis on the eastern edge of the Black Sea. Colchis was a region ruled by the son of the god Helios and was known for its sorcery. The king offered his daughter to marry Phrixus, and in return, Phrixus bestowed upon the king the golden fleece of the godly ram. The king hung the golden fleece in a sacred tree, then conjured a dragon to guard it. The dragon wrapped itself around the trunk 
and whenever a tooth would fall from its jaws into the soil, a skeleton warrior would grow in its place. To further protect the Golden Fleece, the king placed two Kalkari, fire-breathing, bronze-hoofed bulls, to prevent anyone from stealing the fleece. Over time, word spread of the legendary Golden Fleece, though none dared to retrieve it. Many years later, in the land of Iolcus, there lived Peleus and his brother Aeson. After the death of the king of Iolcus, Peleus usurped the throne from Aeson, the rightful heir, and had him imprisoned. To ensure his position as king, Peleus sought to rid the world of Aeson's children. During this time, Aeson's wife, Alcimede, secretly gave birth to a son whom she named Jason. Fearing Peleus would also kill the boy, Jason was sent away to live with a centaur, Chiron. Meanwhile, in Iolcus, Peleus, still fearing he would lose his kingdom, approached the oracle at Delphi and was told to beware of a man with one sandal. And thus, he ordered his guards to watch for the man with one sandal. When he came of age, Jason set out to reclaim the throne and kingdom of Iolcus from his uncle. While he was walking to Iolcus, Jason came to a river. There, an old woman asked him to help her cross. Being a good-natured young man, Jason helped the woman across, but one of his sandals was washed away. When they reached the banks of the river, the old woman changed into the beautiful goddess Hera. Hera told Jason that because of his act, she would watch over him on his journey. But she had another motivation. Upon taking the throne, Peleus had prohibited the people of his kingdom from worshipping at her shrine. Some days later, Jason arrived at Iolcus to free his father and restore his place on the throne. Peleus, upon seeing his nephew before him wearing only a single sandal, agreed to abdicate the throne, but only if Jason brought him the golden fleece from the faraway land of Colchis. He thought this to be an impossible task, and was sure that Jason would never return, and that he would remain king of Iolcus forever.
Jason understood that the journey to Colchis would be long and arduous. He knew that he would need a strong and swift vessel to make such a long trip. The ship was named Argo. When the Argo was ready, Jason asked the strongest Greek men to accompany him in his journey. And in fact, the prospect of a great adventure brought many to him. Numbering 50, the list of heroes was astounding. They were the most famous and brave men of Greece. All were mighty fighters, and some had other skills. Among the many heroic crew members were Heracles, who was renowned for his strength and agility, and Orpheus, skilled in playing excellent music with his lyre. This crew, who would come to be known as the Argonauts, cast off and set sail on their quest for the Golden Fleece. Much time went by, and the Argos crossed Hellespont, landing at Propontis to replenish their supplies. This was the home of the Doliones, and ruled over by King Sisychus, a kind and noble man who greeted the Argonauts warmly. While the Argonauts were gathering supplies, they were attacked by Jigenes, a ferocious tribe of six-armed giants. The fearless and mighty warrior Heracles was one of the men guarding the ship, repelling the monsters until Jason and the other Argonauts returned. Together, they killed the monsters and took to the sea again. When the heroes were sailing along the coast of Mysia, Heracles, realizing he had broken his oar, went ashore with his squire Hylas to make an oar from the woods. While Heracles was at work, Hylas went to fetch water at a nearby spring. As he bent down to retrieve the water, he noticed beautiful nymphs below the surface of the pool, beckoning for him. When he leaned in closer to see their faces, they dragged him into the depths. Heracles, upon realizing Hylas had not returned, searched desperately to find him. Heartbroken at losing Hylas, Heracles refused to accompany the rest of the men on their quest. The situation aboard the Argo soon became mutinous as the crew fought over whether or not to leave Heracles. But Glaucus, a minor sea god, appeared and conned them all. He told the Argonauts that it was the will of the gods that Heracles stayed there and goes on to complete other tasks. 
The Argonauts went on until they arrived in Thrace. There, an old blind man who had sat down to his meal was being attacked by two harpies, frightful beasts in the form of a bird with a woman's face. Jason and his friends ran to help the man and chased away the creatures. To thank Jason, the old man told him that his name was Phineas and that he had once been a seer. However, he had divulged too many of Zeus's secrets and the god had cursed him, taking his vision. To further torment him, Zeus had sent the harpies to spoil his food every time he tried to eat. Hearing of Jason's quest, Phineas agreed to tell the Argonauts what was to come on their journey if Jason and his friends should help him to get rid of the harpies. Zetes and Calais, who were amongst the Argonauts, were children of Boreas, the god of the north wind, and they could fly. It fell upon them to rid Phineas of the harpies, so they hid and lay in wait to kill the harpies. But Iris, sister to the two creatures, intervened, vowing that the creatures would never bother the old man again. Phineas thanked the Argonauts for their help and told them that the next task of their voyage would be very dangerous. In order to cross the Simplegades, which lay ahead, they must release a dove to see if she has safe passage between these two gigantic rocks. Approaching the Simplegades, the Argonauts were fearful at what laid in their path. Separated by a narrow strait were giant, jagged rocks, which constantly gnashed against each other, seldom letting anything pass between them. Heeding Phineas's words, Jason let loose a white dove. With bated breath, the Argonauts waited to see if she would have a safe passage through the rocks. The bird watched a moment, then, timing her passage perfectly, flitted through. The Argonauts, having watched the bird's strategy carefully, set forth towards the clashing rocks. However, as the ship scraped through, the rocks started closing in on it. The goddess Athena intervened at Hera's request and held the cliffs apart so that the ship could pass into the calm waters on the other side. Landing safely on the banks of the river faces, the Argonauts went ashore and decided to make their way to the city of Aea, to the court of King Aedes of Colchis. King Aedes greeted the Argonauts to his kingdom, but became cold as Jason explained 
the purpose of their visit. Knowing Jason would surely fail, the king gladly invited him to take the Golden Fleece. Though only if Jason tamed the fire-breathing, bronze-hoofed bulls guarding it, and with them plow a field in which he was to sow the dragon's teeth. From the field, an army of skeleton warriors would arise, whom Jason must also defeat before he can receive his prize. Although this sounded like an impossible task, Jason declared that he could accomplish such things. The goddess Hera knew that Jason would fail without divine intervention, so she went to Aphrodite and told her to cause the daughter of King Aedes to fall in love with Jason. This daughter of the king was named Medea. Medea was a powerful sorceress, and as Aphrodite had put a spell of love over her, she sought out Jason that night. Medea prepared a magical ointment for Jason, which would make him impervious to fire, and told him that to defeat the warriors of the earth, he must find a way to turn them against each other. Armed with this new sorcery, Jason set out with newfound courage. Medea's ointment allowed Jason to approach the bulls. Breaths of fire overwhelmed Jason as he took hold of them, but he remained completely unharmed. He defeated them and sowed the fields with the dragon's teeth, and from the earth rose great warriors. Following Medea's advice, Jason threw a stone amongst the warriors, distracting them. Not knowing who had cast the stone, the skeleton warriors attacked each other, destroying themselves. Shocked and seething at the ease with which Jason had completed the first two tasks, King Aedes decided to kill Jason and the Argonauts the next day should they succeed in taking the Golden Fleece. Medea, knowing her father would never allow anyone to leave with the Golden Fleece, informed Jason and agreed to help him steal it, only if he should marry her. Jason agreed, and they formulated a plan. The final task was to defeat the dragon which guarded the tree. Orpheus, the great musician, and Medea, in a concerted effort of music and sorcery, put the beast to sleep while Jason quietly took the golden fleece. They all rushed back to the Argo and immediately set sail. Some days into their journey back, the Argonauts heard voices in the distance. The alluring music drifted over the waters, bewitching their hearts 
and they found themselves rushing toward the source. To their dismay, they found themselves amongst the sirens. The sirens were beautiful women who sat on rocks, seducing sailors with their irresistible songs. Unable to resist, the sailors would run their ships aground on the rocks and be killed. Orpheus once more saved the Argonauts from such a fate. He played his lyre far more powerful and captivating than that of the sirens, breaking their enchanting spell. Finding that they were no longer affected by the sirens' charm, Jason and his friends rode with all their might and well away from the rocks. The Argonauts, exhausted from the long and arduous journey, finally arrived back in Iolcus. Honorable Jason delivered the Golden Fleece to Peleus, and at last freed his father. Upon seeing his father, Jason realized that he had aged and deteriorated through the years of imprisonment. So Medea withdrew the blood from Aeson's body, and from that created a potion of youth. When she returned the blood to Aeson, the color returned to his face, and he felt the strength of his youth once more. Peleus's daughters saw this, and wanted the same service for their father. Medea tricked the girls and told them that with her sorcery, she could do the same for him. But instead of returning the life to Peleus, she took it from him in revenge for his cruelty. And so, after completing the quest for the Golden Fleece, Jason had returned the throne to the rightful king his father. <laughs>